Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. And thanks for checking out the Art of Money podcast. My name is Mark Owens alongside Art McPherson and Luke McCarty. All the information for the McPherson Financial Group, you can find it at theartofmoneyradio.com. And there was an article from personal finance writer Liz Weston. She had a list of some of the biggest regrets that she hears from retirees. And the most common one is that retirees wish that they had a better spending or a better tax plan. So as long as we don't go crazy spending all of our retirement funds before we get there, do we really need that to the penny financial plan? Not necessarily. So you don't need it down to the penny. You need kind of generalities. And Mm -hmm. what you really need in retirement is you need a portfolio you can withdraw money from over 30, 40 year retirement that isn't going to go through the 35, 45, 50% corrections, right? Because if you're pulling out, say, 4% per year and you're at, you're all in the stock market and you're down 40%, well, your 4% is not going to be worth that much anymore or you're over withdrawing the portfolio. So you need a plan. You need an income plan, a retirement plan that says, when this next bad event happens, here's what's going to happen to my portfolio. Here's what happens to my income kind of set up those guardrails on the high side and the low side. Um, So you really do need some sort of plan, written plan, because those events are coming. And if you know what you're going to do or how to prevent them, Mm -hmm. you're going to be well better off in the long run and more stress-free. Yeah. And one of the things that we always look at, Mark, is when we go through these major corrections, COVID was a major correction, but the government stimulating back into the economy helped it recover very quickly. You know, we recovered within the year that it went down. And then by the end of the year, we were up much higher. Mm -hmm. So COVID's not a good example. A better example is 2008, 2009, when we had the subprime mortgage meltdown. And what happened after we had that meltdown, you had money that was in the market lost, and it took about four years to recover that back. The problem is if you're making withdrawals from accounts that have gone down, because there's a lot of firms in our industry that say, yeah, just let it ride. Don't worry about it. We're not going to have any bonds. We're not going to have any annuities. We're not going to have any safe money. We're just going to roll with the market. But as you're pulling money out, it took the average person that was taking withdrawals like that eight, seven to eight years to recover instead of three to four years. So it just really drags out that recovery period. And how stressed are you when you have a million dollars that became 500,000 and you're still trying to take a million dollar portfolio withdrawal? So all of a sudden you were only doing 4%. It was felt great. All of a sudden it's eight, 10, 12% of the portfolio now because it's only 500,000 because you still need that same income check. You can't just say, Hey, I'm going to live on half my budget this year because the market went down. It's very, very difficult for people to do that. So what we try to do is make their portfolio as boring as possible. We want it to be as much like a straight line as we possibly can. Now, in our perfect world, it would be. I just make my client 7%, 7.5%, 8%, no fluctuation, no change to that at all, and everybody would know, boom, I'm going to give my kids this much money. We're going to spend this much money. Boom, retirement's done. Everything's great. That's not going to happen because Luke and I know over the next four to five years, we're going to probably have four or five major market corrections that are going to be 30 to 50 percent. That's going to happen in our client's lifetime for retirement. So we've got a plan for that so that they don't have those kind of drawdowns. And we only minimize that so the recovery time is a lot faster and they never have any income issues. Art, Luke, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here, but we were talking about some of the regrets that retirees have. Can you think off the top of your head, what kind of regrets do you hear? Sure. I mean, you know, the most common one, I wish I would have saved more, mm-hmm. right? And then wish I would have started younger, mm-hmm. started younger, saved more. Um, kind of what we're seeing now as as our viewpoint here at McPherson Financial Group is, hey, taxes are going up. You know, we have some clients say, gosh, I wish all my money wasn't in an IRA or a 401k. 
I wish I would have done the Roth sooner or more to the Roth. Mm-hmm. And so now it's kind of planning around that. How do we get money from a tax deferred account into a tax free account? And, you know, with all the impacts that it has to your, you know, your Medicare premiums, you know, if you do it at age 63, right, it's a two year look back. So we got to be careful on that. So it's planning now. So that way you don't have to plan in the future where you have these hidden costs of, hey, on paper, we made too much money because we did Roth conversions. Now our Medicare premiums higher in two years. So plan earlier. I mean, of course, save more Mm -hmm. um, tax free. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and to be fair, you know, most people didn't have much that they could do in a Roth until really the last 15 years or so. So Roths are, have just become a more modern equation to that. And all of our younger clients, we encourage them to do at least probably half of their money in Roth accounts. So that way, as they're getting out there towards retirement, they're going to have 50 percent of their income is going to be taxable. And then 50 percent of their income is going to be tax free. But when you were working as an engineer, we have, you know, some of the best, brightest minds here in Brevard County. Uh, We got rocket scientists, you name it, all over the place around here with NASA and with Harris and with Grumman and with all the different companies we have. We're just amazing guys. But these guys, now they need help to get the next 30 years of life. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to take more money than they've ever had not stress about it and make sure it lives for the rest of their life. You know, they've got to be able to manage that. And that's pretty daunting, Mark, to do on your own. So all we're doing is partnering with those people. We want to partner with them and make sure that money lasts and make sure that they are not stressed about it, that they can actually enjoy retirement, enjoy playing golf, enjoy the boating and things like that. Art and Luke, cryptocurrency. We thought Bitcoin was just a trend, but it's not going anywhere. I don't want you to hear this clip from analyst Eddie Gabor. He told Fox Business. I was one a few years ago that was very skeptical on crypto uh, as I've done more due diligence. I think Bitcoin uh, is here to stay. And I think this trend of more and more places taking crypto as payment is only going to increase. And that's why you're seeing it rip higher. And I think we're just at the beginning of this thing. So, again, I think you have to embrace this change or you're going to get left behind. So, gentlemen, talk to me about cryptocurrency and especially Bitcoin. Is it here to stay? Potentially. Um, it could potentially be here to stay. Now, the, the hard part about crypto is um, it's very hard to track. So the government likes to track the money flows, right? They have those certain rules where if you deposit too much cash, you're on a list, right? So they have ways of tracking. It's very hard to track cryptocurrency exchanges and things like that for the government. So when crypto first started out, it was for a lot of bad things. You know, a lot of black market kind of underground, potentially, you know, drugs, weapons, all that sort of stuff that you want to hide from the governments. So potentially, you know, the governments could step in and say, hey, we're not going to allow our companies to accept Bitcoin. And then Bitcoin's going to drop like a rock. Mm-hmm. So it is a very, very risky investment. I kind of compared a little bit to kind of marijuana and pot stocks. Mm-hmm. If you think about those, still not legal from the federal government. So the federal government can come in and say, nope, no more guys, you're done. There goes your investment. So be careful with with Bitcoin. Now it's gone up on a good run. I had a friend. Um, he's like, man, you know, it was Bitcoin was eighty five hundred dollars, right? He asked me about buying it, and then you know, recently he's like, gosh, I should have bought it eighty five hundred. I said, you should have bought it at a dollar. You should have mm-hmm. bought it at one cent, right? You can't you can't play shoulda woulda coulda because mm-hmm. then you have you know envy of potentially a loss of revenue that you could have had. So we don't do a lot with Bitcoin here. It's a, it's one of the most aggressive most volatile uh, investments you can make. Yeah, what we're trying to do is have very 
consistent long-term returns. So when you look on the chart for investments, the most risky investments you can make in your portfolio are currencies, Bitcoin is a currency, or commodities, so like your gold and silver. Now, there's always a flight to safety and gold is incorporated with that, but gold and silver fluctuate as a commodity. Mm -hmm. So they're very aggressive and they are very volatile and they are very risky and I think people forget that. So when you're buying Bitcoin, just realize the reason you're seeing Bitcoin go from 10,000 to 50,000 is because it's very risky. You don't get those kind of returns without taking an unusually large amount of risk. So if you're willing to take that large amount of risk, you could get the large reward. Just realize it may go the opposite way. So if you're buying Bitcoin today at $50,000 and the government comes in and restricts something, or the government comes in and makes a, a change to how cryptos are traded or negotiated or they basically just say you can't use crypto as a form of payment all of a sudden it dries up and it evaporates so you just have to be very very careful rules regulations government bodies always come in right now cryptocurrencies are kind of like the wild wild west there mm -hmm. are no rules there are no regulations as those things come in it will make a big big change but yeah you can make a lot of money but you better be willing to have fifty thousand turn back into three or four if that should happen because right now there's a finite number of Bitcoins. There's 21 million of them. So when somebody like an Elon Musk throws $1.5 billion mm. into Bitcoin, yeah, it's going to make a big change. But if Elon Musk pulls out $3.5 billion, because that's what it's worth now, and he takes it out of Bitcoin, what's going to happen to your money? It went from 25000 to 45000 when he did that. What happens if he pulls it the other way? Right. So just got to remember that. And you made the point that it's not regulated, and eventually the government's going to see this, and they're going to say, wait a minute, we want our cut as well. Right, and if they can get their cut, then it'll probably be, it'll stabilize and become a an actual currency that is really traded more and more heavily. But if they can't get involved, that's where they're going to make rules and regulations where all of a sudden they're just going to say, nope, can't do it anymore. And all of a sudden, boom, everything evaporates. So that's what you have to be careful of. Do you know of anywhere that actually accepts Bitcoin for payment? Like, I know there's like some online websites or whatnot, but like you can't go buy a car with Bitcoin, can you? Certain, I think certain dealerships you can. Um, I know PayPal as a company has allowed us to exchange Bitcoin with it, with each other. Mm -hmm. So it's getting more and more popular. I think Square, if you think, you know, if you go to the, the the local food truck, right, and you swipe your card and they flip the iPad around, you're swiping it with Square. So I think there's ways within those, you know, payment companies where, where we can exchange it. But, you know, a lot of it's kind of on, you know, your Coinbase account or some non-regulated financial institution. I do want to bring this up to, I saw this in a commercial. Um, it was a, it was a crypto bank account. Okay. Right. So it's this bank account that gives you a pretty high interest rate for cash, right? But it's not FDIC insured. There's no guarantee that that bank, crypto bank, is going to be around in six months. So mm -hmm. yeah, you're getting a return on cash, but you're taking a lot of risk to do it. So in that type of you know event, there's there's no there's no regulation either on the good side or the bad side, right? So you can't the, the government's not protecting anybody potentially with regulations on Bitcoin. That, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. yeah, there's no government body to back you up or to, in case somebody tries to, by hook or crook, steal your money, steal your coins. You know, there's just no regulation of it. So, yeah, it's really good. And on paper, you look really good right now. But until you sell that mm -hmm. and convert it to your bank account or convert it to a stock or whatever you're going to do, it's just a number on a piece of paper right now. And if somebody comes in and they can steal your Bitcoin from you, mm. and you know we've heard time after time, news story after news story, China's done that a lot. 
that would be a bad day. It feels too risky for me. And I know there's a lot of people that are making a lot of money with this cryptocurrency right now. Bitcoin just doesn't feel that safe to me right now. And I could be wrong. But when, it, when I'm planning for retirement, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to put it all on Bitcoin and that's my safe haven. Well, you're not wrong because Bitcoin is not backed by anything. Mm -hmm. It's just there's X amount of Bitcoins out there. And then the demand is what's driving the price. Right. So when the demand is good, the coin price is very high. But you have a finite amount out there. And right now, people love it. It's the hot thing, just like GameStop was hot, just like AMC was hot. Mm -hmm. You know, you run through these cycles of where people hear about it and they get educated about it. So you just have to be careful about that. Usually in our industry, when everybody's talking about it, the run is over. It doesn't always mean that's the case, but mm -hmm. that's usually the general rule. We kind of talk about that uh, in our industry that once the public is talking about it at the, you know, at the field with your son and daughter playing baseball, soccer, or at dance class, usually when everybody's talking about it like they're an expert, oh, this is what you do. This is how you do it. Do it this way. All of a sudden, the public is the expert on it. That usually means the run is over. We haven't even mentioned other types of cryptocurrencies. So when Bitcoin came out, of course, there's Bitcoin, there's Bitcoin Cash. You know, there's Ethereum, there's Ripple, there's a new one that the new hot one with a lot of the AMC and GameStop traders. I think it's called Dogecoin. Okay. Dogecoin. Yeah, coin. Yeah. Um, Dogecoin. 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 I don't know. I, I prefer Doggy to call coin. it Dogecoin. 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 <laughs> that that was that came out as a joke. Somebody created that as a joke. Created some sort of you know finite number of coins, and it's up three or 100% this year. And it was a joke going back four or five years ago. So just a lot of hype around right. a lot of these cryptos. I think the only one you can really use is Bitcoin. Ethereum claims to have a better way of transacting, you know, keeping track of things. I, It's very risky. Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Securities offered through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. McPherson Financial Group and ProStatus Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Art McPherson is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Arthur McPherson. Florida Insurance License Number A1 Today's show has been a work of art. 